What's really good? And welcome back to another segment of the Opinionated Ones brought to you by the Sanchez Show. As always, it is the dynamic duo. I am Eric Sanchez. I got Will Gordon with me today. Will, you're wearing the Bullets jersey. The NBA season is officially kicked off. It's a lot of drama in Philadelphia, a lot of drama in Brooklyn. But now there's a lot of talk about this NBA 75 list. Before we get to it, though, how are you doing today, bro? Man, I'm doing lovely as always, man. It's always good to be back on with you as always, man. I love being on with a guy that knows his sports and I can, you know, chop it up with somebody that that can actually challenge me, man. It's, it's always good to be on with you, bro. Absolutely, man. Likewise, that's why we are the dynamic duo, man. We, we changing the game with this thing here. Um, but NBA season, let's get to it. Kicked off, highly anticipated. Can the Bucks repeat? Can the Lakers get back on track? Brooklyn, obviously they got their issues. We're going to start with the list, though. NBA 75 for the 75th anniversary of the NBA. There's been some chatter, biggest snub. For some reason, a lot of guys who are still in the league and haven't completed their resume feel like they should be on the list. Um, I don't, <laughs> Does, that I don't... Surprise you? Does that surprise you about this generation, bro? Well, like no. We and... talk about it every week. Yeah. These, and, and, these and entitled dudes. Does we, that surprise we... you? Not at all, because we're going we gonna to get into that entitlement and, and the overall league itself. But with the list itself, how did you like the list and who did you feel was the biggest snub? Um, I kind of hate the list, actually. And before I even looked at it, I hated the way that it was that it was put together. They basically photocopied the list that they put out in 96, that 50 list, and then tried to throw 25 more on there. And for the last 30 years, I mean, you know what I'm saying, the last 20 some years or whatever. Um, it's tough when you look at, when you're talking about a list of the best players in 75 years, when you throw in in 75 years, that's where it gets tough because so much is different between 2021 and 75 years ago. You know what I mean? All these old names on the list. I could do without every single one of them. Basically, this dude's on there. That I, I'm like, who, who is this dude? And then, I, and then I'll Google him, and it's like black and white highlights, you know, um, all chest pa- chest and bounce passes, two hand chest passes, yeah, two hand exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. I'm like, all right, so that's you can't. In 2021, which is where we are right now, you can't, to me, you cannot include these guys in the best 75 players. It's almost, it's, and, and what they're doing with this, I feel like this list is, is more exclusive than the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I'm going to, because it's only 75 guys on this thing. The Naismith Hall of Fame is you know based on your total contributions as a basketball player so you can get in the Naismith off your college career you know what I mean this is this it's not about being a professional basketball player or an NBA player you got guys in the Naismith that are in off being contributors you got writers you got you know what I mean overseas coaches and then we never heard of it like last year, overseas coach got put in and died. Remember that? I forget his name. No disrespect to his family. But I, I say I forget his name, but I did I ever know his name? No. Right, right. You, you, know you were never checking for him anyway. Ever. But he's in the Hall of Fame. 
So I feel like this this list of 75 guys is more cherished than the Naismith. Now, these guys back way back in the 50s and all that, that's where they belong is the Naismith because, you know, they paved the way, quote, unquote, or I, don't, I won't even say they paved the way, but they were the first. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, look, I went back today and I looked because I was thinking about this topic. And I was like, well, when, you, when you're talking about the 75 best, it's like, think about vehicles. The first vehicle looked like a um, looked like an oversized big wheel by Carl Benz. And it was like, I think it was 1886 or something like that. That was the first, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you make a list of the 75 best vehicles ever, is that is that going to be on it? No. But some, but there's you got you got those people that think it should be because it paved the way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Any car, any car that cranked in the front, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you started it in the front with the crank. It looked like it you was turning butter. <laughs> nah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be on the list. But but if you made a list of the 75 best cars of all time, I guarantee you people gonna put those old ass cars that you know what I'm saying from back from back in those days on the list because they were the first and they were the, you know it was innovative at the time. But now with basketball, I mean, those dudes that was playing back in the day, they have that the NBA was their part time job and all that. Thanks, you know what I'm saying. Thanks for. Thanks for doing what you did, I guess. But I could I couldn't care less about y'all. So when I look at the top 70, the 75 best basketball players of all time, that's what I keep it at. It's the best 75. And nobody that played in the 50s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah, I, that played back then is there. Nobody. Yeah, I, you make you make a couple great points. I don't want to say, I don't want to say I don't care about those guys because <laughs> no, I'll be realistic, because in 20 years. When you and I are granddads and we probably speaking to our daughter's husband and explaining to him how great Michael Jordan was, I don't want him to be like, man, I don't care about that dude that played 40, 50 years ago. Because then we might have to punch him in the face. You know what I'm saying? We might have to swing on him. It's all relative. Yeah, you know, but I will say this. uh, I think it's unfair to, to keep the original 50 and then only take 25 guys from the past 25 years. It's unfair. The game, the, the game has evolved so much in the last 25, 30 years, that as you mentioned, the contributions made by the guys in the 50s and 60s, I don't think those things are relevant anymore. And to me, I really think the NBA, as what we see now, it really started in that mid to late 70s, right before Bird and Magic came into the league. What we see now, that's where the game really changed. Um, The pace of play, uh, obviously the style of play, the athleticism of the game. As you mentioned, you look back at a lot of them highlights from the 50s, it's a lot of little jump hooks from five feet away and every offense ran the same thing. Everybody got to touch the ball, swing it around the perimeter, no shot clock, no three point shot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So these are all things that now we look at the game, like we could never play basketball that way. We, mm-hmm. We've evolved and we realized that that wasn't the right way to play basketball. So I don't think it's fair to just say, we're going to keep the original 50. And because we're keeping the original 50, now we're going to penalize the newer guys who probably should be on the list. So I agree. I completely agree with you there. The second part I didn't like about the list was when they did it in 96 and and I had to do a little research on this too. Shaq made the list. Shaq had only been in the league like four years. Yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't in long at all. And a lot of the guys that were on the list at the time, like the old heads, they, they had issues with that. 
Correct. They, they didn't like that Shaq was on the list. Correct. Only being in the league three, four years. Right. But the reason he made the list was because the writers and the people around the game realized that the game was evolving. It was changing now. He was the most physical force and most dominant force that the game had seen coming in from the center position. No finesse. It was all muscle. It was all power. Now, here we are doing the list again. So we're not including Luka? Because don't we feel that Luka's kind of revolutionizing the, the point guard position? We're not including Joker, who might be the most, just on a skill level, the most skilled big man. The Joker should be on there, right? And it's, he been, he's not a new guy. He, no. he hasn't only been in the league a couple of years. And he's he's been in the top five um, MVP considerations multiple times. Well, He's won he, the MVP. Right. He fits you the criteria that allows Shaq to get in. And what is he, 26? 26. I believe he's five years into the league. So he fits the criteria that allows Shaq to get in where we saw the game was evolving and changing. So now Joker is part of that new wave of guys that's now evolving the game even more. Guys who are 6'8 or better who can handle the ball like a guard, but also distribute, run your whole offense from the top of the key. And skill set can do everything on the court. So how are we penalizing him, but we allow Shaq to get in under kind of the same criteria of evolving the game? That's the part I don't like about it. It's a whole, it's a whole other level of disrespect when it comes to the Joker, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what just happened? Um, this past year, it was something. That he was the only MVP to not not make some... the Christmas Day game. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the, the level of disrespect for him is is outrageous, and it's it's because of how he looks. I mean, let's be real with it. You know what I'm saying? He's an unathletic foreign-born white dude, you know what I'm saying, that doesn't, he's not a high flyer, he's not pulling up from the logo, he just knows how to play basketball, and that's boring to people, if he if he wasn't quote-unquote boring, man, he, he'd be getting all kind of accolades, but all he does is, all he does is play basketball, how dare he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, that's the part I don't like about it. In terms of snubs, we always knew there was going to be somebody left off. Um, I mean, everybody can't make it. it. It is what it is. I just find it funny, like, this talk of the, – the most absurd one is this, how dare y'all make a list without Kyrie Irving? Like, and I know we're going to get it to Kyrie, but may, maybe we just don't get it. Maybe maybe we're just the, the old guys yelling, get off my lawn. What is this obsession with Kyrie? Because – Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I just want people to understand where I'm coming from with this. If you take away his three years with LeBron, he was a guy who was just nothing but empty stats and can't get out and wasn't making the playoffs before LeBron. And since LeBron hasn't got out the second round of the playoffs. So what is this obsession that maybe I'm not seeing, Will? He's the fancy dribbler, man. That's what we, we dub him in the group. Shout out to for the love of the game. The Definitely shout out dribbler. to group chat. That's he's a fancy dribbler, man. And then this in this day and age, that's what that's what that's what people want to see. He's like in and for real, I mean his his pat is unquestioned. It's crazy. And coming off, he came right along at the right time too. Like right when like like you remember like when the AM one and all that was popping. And then I love it kind the of faded. big big fan um, of Ray for oh, Austin yeah. Skips. I'm, I'm a big fan, and yeah. The, yeah, the, all that street ball stuff was heavy. But then it kind of faded a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because because nobody like 
you had the players that got a couple of tryouts for NBA teams or whatever, but they f- did nothing. You know what I mean? You don't except for Skip. You know, shout out to Skip, right for Austin, but everybody else that even that tried to get a sniff in the league, it didn't tra- it didn't transfer. So it kind of it kind of it kind of faded away. But then Kyrie comes in, and he was like NBA talent plus. Uh, ultimate streetball talent too, and he 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 kind of mastered putting the, putting the two together, and just wowing everybody. I mean, his his handles, you, I mean, arguably are the best handles we have, that we've seen in the NBA. And with with uh, LeBron coming back to uh, Cleveland, right when Kyrie was starting to mature his game, it was kind of like the perfect marriage. And then when you had Kyrie coming up big in the in the finals. Including that that shot, that's probably the biggest shot in the history of Cleveland basketball. Then it's, it's kind of like he rode the perfect wave. So then, with that came uh, the endorsements. With that came the movies, and you know the Uncle Drew and all that ever, other stuff. So he's a, he, a superstar was born. You know what I mean? And so when you got when you got superstar potential mixed with his skill set, which was Really, at, at his position, we we didn't see anybody in the league that had his handle and his ability to to score the basketball on a consistent basis like he was doing with the help of LeBron and Kevin and those guys. It was just kind of like a perfect marriage. And then he made himself he made himself uh, relevant off the floor. We started talking about Kyrie Irving off the basketball court, and it wasn't for anything like super negative. Or, it was just. It was about his opinions. What other NBA players do we t- did we talk about their opinions off the off the court? Kyrie somehow found a way that all his flat earthing and now with his all now with the um, anti-vax stance, he's finding ways to talk about them to have nothing to do with basketball. He's 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 a star. He's a basketball star, and that's why I think everybody's wanting to you know well how how come he you know with the list and all. They're more into his celebrity than his basketball acumen. Yeah, I mean, skill-wise, he is elite. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I would never knock his game. I just don't understand this legendary status that others seem to anoint him with. I, when I look at him play, I think he's highly skilled. But at no point in his career have I ever looked at Kyrie play and felt like he's like legendary with his game. Right. That's the thing. It's just it's just the generation that we're in right now. It's the flash, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's the flash and it's the likes and it's the you know what I'm saying the page views. So yeah. he he he's got the flash in his game. He gets the likes because of social media and the page views because of the stuff he says. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like a perfect storm. Yeah, I I, I hate to throw you a curve, boy. We got we got to stay on NBA, but I got to let you know what just came across my phone. Um, because it's going to be all, all over all the bottom tickets by the time we finish recording. Uh, breaking news that the NBA is preparing for a massive story to come out regarding Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver. It includes racism, sexual harassment, sexism. They have proof of the evidence. There's even talk that he may be forced to sell the team. It just came through on my phone. Yeah, I- I'm seeing What's it now. Name? Robert Sarver, the, the, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. So it, it is a, it is a curveball, but like I said, I want 
It's I've never even heard of him. So you know, no, you, like, I mean, you 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 you've I'm heard like, of him. What? You've heard of him without knowing you've heard of him because he's one of the cheapest owners in the NBA. Obviously, okay. they made waves this offseason because they spent all the money. They gave Chris Paul his deal. They gave Bridges his money. For whatever reason, they decided to pay Landry Shamit about $12 million a year. Nobody understands why, but they did it. Um, <laughs> and then they, they, for whatever reason, don't want to pay DeAndre A. And now this news comes out. I mean, it, it's, it's been a crazy couple of weeks in terms of evidence, emails. Obviously, the last time we were together, it was when the John Gruden story broke. And then he was fired within a couple of days. Now we're hearing this information. I know we're not surprised by it. Well, we know amongst them circles how they how they conduct themselves and how they speak. So we shouldn't be surprised, right? I guess not, man. Because uh, I mean, that's what that's why uh, I feel like the owners in the NFL have never really done anything to force Daniel Snyder out because everybody's got their skeletons, you know. And now here, here you are in the NBA, another guy. So what? You got some Donald Sterling type stuff going on. That's what it looks like. Time? That's and what, it, like I said, this is the sexual, the sexual, yeah, assault sexual harassment, uh, racism. Oh, harassment, yeah. yeah, it's it's a number of things from what I'm reading here. And this is the initial report on it. There's evidence of these things. So this isn't just hearsay. That's why that Jordan, Schultz, that Jordan Schultz, Jordan Schultz, I believe he's on ESPN radio. Oh, OK, he's putting it out. He had his on a Twitter feed. And now I see some other reporters are putting it out. I haven't seen Woj talk about it. I didn't see Shams post anything about it, but I'm sure them dudes are getting in more information on it. Um, but according to what Jordan Schultz is saying, that there's, there is evidence of these things and the NBA is bracing themselves for the fallout from the story, I guess, as the evidence starts to come out, man. Um, mm-hmm. Let's keep it NBA. Speaking of Shams, because uh, Shams Sharani has been breaking all the news on Ben Simmons. Then I, I find out he's actually a clutch client, which then makes sense because like, oh, Rich Paul is feeding there's the information. This? He's a, I did not know that. Oh, yep. oh and so I just out, heard a report from the day. Yep. Oh. Shout out to, I got to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to J.A. Adonde on that. Cause he was the one I heard talk about it. I did not know that he was a rich Paul client. And J.A. said, that's why if you put the breadcrumbs together, all the news yeah. is coming from Shams. Yep. Rich Paul is feeding it to Shams. Shams is putting it out. They're trying to control the narrative. Ben Simmons. <laughs> Clutch. We yeah, clutch. We we went in on him <laughs> two weeks ago. Man, ben Simmons, the, the saga continues with him. Obviously, kicked out of practice. He did not play open at night. It looks like he's not gonna play tonight because he's in a in a team only no, meeting. Don't. In a team only meeting, they're saying he claims not only his back a little stiff, but mentally he's not ready to play. Ironically, they're taking on Brooklyn tonight, who has their own locker room issues with Kyrie being away. Well, I think I know the answer to this, but I got to ask you anyway. We're older guys. It's just, has the league just got fucking soft? Is, is the league just oh, soft the now? League is, the league is charming, man. And what's crazy, I saw this coming a mile away and I, in, in private conversations. I, because I didn't want to put it out there with the way everything is with the climate we at right now. I was like, Ben Simmons' next move, he gonna he gonna claim he gonna claim mental uh you know what I'm saying uh the mental issues you know that he's claiming right now because that's that's the hot thing right now you know what I'm saying is 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 uh people with you know ment- the mental health mental health stuff you know I and I in private conversations I was like 
I bet you that's his next move. Not wanting to see that be his next move. And then here we are. But he tried to he tried the physical thing with the back. And then the team worked him out. And uh and the doctor was like, nah, bro. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with your back. Get your ass back in practice. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh well. I'm not here mentally. So I heard everything that Shams reported today about the meeting after a film study. And, uh, excuse me, Joel, Joel actually called him out in front of the team. That's why I fuck with Joel. I got, that's why I like Joel. Yeah. He, cause Ben came out saying he was not mentally ready to be back with the team, blah, blah, blah. I'm just not there mentally. And Joel said, why are you asking for a trade? And his response was, well, I'm just not myself lately, mentally. He didn't answer the question. If this was court, he'd be a hostile witness because he didn't answer the question. Like, that's not that's not what he asked you. Why did you ask? If, if, if it's about mental health, why are you asking for a trade then? You know, if that's what it is. And it, it's about his mental, but I'm not going to say that he's you know what I'm saying? Somebody that we need to coddle and, and put in the treatment or something like that. He just saw. That, look, frail. it's That's 2021, and I know everybody wants to put labels on everybody's conditions and situations and all that. Like to 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 Chris Rock said it said it a few years ago on one of his stand-ups. Whatever happened to crazy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, because he was like. He was talking about when people was when people were going on killing sprees or whatever, they blaming music and the media and it's the media, it's the music. He said, whatever happened to crazy? Sometimes you just might be crazy. You know what I'm saying? So now you got Ben, you know, whatever happened to soft? You just might be a punk ass dude. It's been punk ass dudes throughout the history of the history of the world. You know what I'm saying? And now it's 2021 and we want to give everybody uh labels and and explanations for it. Nah, bro. You, you, all right, so let's, let's break down your situation, man. And, and let's figure out where you, where you were wronged to the point where you can't deal with this mentally. Let's, let's figure that out. All right. You sign a, you get drafted. You're a lottery pick, right? Number one overall pick. So, so your life was changed, right? By this franchise. They put, they pushed all the chips in on you. Believing in you. How dare they? Oh, how dare they put that pressure on you, young man? All right, so then when it's time for you to get your money, they give you your money, right? They pay you. It's not a situation where it's, it's, a, tug, it's a tug of war. They paid you as soon as you would do. They paid you. Oh, I'm still waiting for when they did you wrong. Okay. Then... Philly, which is one of the toughest media markets, especially for sports, we're questioning you. Your coach has your back every step of the way. Like, you shouldn't be questioned. And even though now, and in hindsight, everybody that did question him was was 100% right. Your coach put his name on the line for you time and time again. All right, so I'm still waiting on when you got wrong. Okay, so then we get to the playoffs. You're in position to take your team to a level that it has not been in 
a, a position that the team has been building on for years and years, quote unquote, trusting the process. This is this is supposed to be the culmination of that process. You're in position to elevate your team that's been behind you every step of the way, and you throw it away because the pressure, I guess, mounted on you to the point where you almost didn't want to participate in what was being done on the basketball floor. So, okay, so I'm still waiting. What part What part of the organization has screwed you at this point? Hmm, I don't, I don't see that. So then you, you go out, you lose a, 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 a series that most people feel like you probably should have won if, had you done your job because everybody else did theirs. And the coach finally, when questioned about your effort and the way you exhibited yourself in the game, he says, "You know what? I, I don't know if I don't know if this guy is the guy that can take us there." This is after a, a whole year of him battling people for you. He gave you every opportunity. He he went to bat for you the whole season. And it came down to you not taking advantage of your opportunities on the basketball floor. That's not on that's not on Doc Rivers. That's not on Daryl Morey. That's not on Joel Embiid. That's not on Tobias Harris. And and I mention these players because this ain't a situation where it's just you trying to do it by yourself. You got a dude on your team that was what was he, second in MVP voting? Yep. And, and was averaging 30 points on the torn meniscus. On a torn meniscus, you got role players that they brought in. Well, I, I, I don't want to call Tobias Harris a role player. That feels kind of a little bit disrespectful. But, uh, no, I get but the you, point. But, yeah, but, but you say you see what I'm saying. You they bought they they surrounded you with talent. That's another you can't complain about that. Well, what I want to complain about. I want to double down on. I want to double down on a couple things you said, right? Because I think what what bothers me right after how he's conducting himself is this rush to defend him from people, right? So, as you mentioned, right, they went out, they made you the number one pick, they already had Joel Embiid, and then they loaded up the team after that, right? Because they went and got Jimmy Butler for a season as well. We didn't know it at the time, but the story came out this summer. The reason Jimmy Butler didn't want to stay in Philly was because he didn't like the fact that Brent Brown would not hold Ben Simmons accountable. Yeah. Right? So yep. Brent Brown babied you the whole time he was the coach. He coddled you. When everyone else in the world is saying, why isn't this guy shooting outside of the paint? Brent Brown made excuses for you. They try to keep making it work, even though you were unwilling to expand your game. Joel Embiid had to expand his game, though. You got a seven-footer shooting three-pointers because you won't shoot, right? <laughs> so Jimmy leaves. Then Brent Brown loses his job because he can't get you past the second round of the playoffs because you don't want to expand your game and rise to the occasion, right? Now you bring in Doc, like you said, Doc all year is praising you, hyping you up. Even when reporters are saying it makes no sense that Ben is only making one or two free throws in the playoffs and shooting 50%, Doc is right there trying to justify it. Like, well, we'll take one point per possession. Analytics-wise, it all makes sense. Even though we know it's bullshit, even though we all know. It, it, it made no sense at right, all. Right, but Doc is trying to back you up. You don't perform in the series. Now you're upset that the best player on your team with the torn meniscus who's averaging 30 is criticizing you and that Doc Rivers is questioning whether you're a point guard that can win a championship, right? 
So then you get the guys like Gilbert Arenas, and I love Gil, but you get those guys who say, well, what do you expect? Why would he want to play there? All right, so let me take y'all down memory lane. Y'all remember when Phil Jackson said, I don't think you could win a championship with Kobe Bryant. He's too selfish. Did, did, mm. Kobe, did Kobe hold out all summer? Did Kobe go <laughs> bunker up in his home and try to just steal money from the organization? Kobe got in the gym, worked yep. harder, and figured out a way to elevate his game to make people eat their words, including Phil Jackson, who came back to the Lakers to coach him because he knew Kobe was on a level that could win them a championship. Yeah. So why is it now that what Ben Simmons is Teflon now? You can't criticize Ben Simmons. You can't tell a guy that even though you're a pro making 30 plus million dollars a year and yet you won't shoot from outside the paint, we should never criticize you. Why? Why, why should we not criticize? Him? What, what about his profile, his resume lets us know that he's a winner? He didn't win at LSU. Nope. He hasn't won at the pro level. Nope. So why are we making excuses for a guy who's never shown us he can win? And in the, I, I just want to add this one last point. In the recent story that came out this week from Ramona Shelbourne, there were people in the locker room and in the organization of the Sixers who thought Ben was trying to get out of playing game seven because he kept mentioning how he may have come in contact with somebody who had COVID. He was trying to force a test so he wouldn't have to play game oh, seven. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I sent you the article, bro. He was trying to. There were people. Oh, that's what. Damn, there were people yeah. in the locker room who were questioning and openly saying, "I don't think he wants to play Game Seven. He kept bringing up to Doc Rivers, "I may have it come in contact with him." Trying to fake COVID. Trying to fake. Trying to fake a, a, a false positive. Damn. So Damn. when when that's why when you see and and then even on top of all that. What did Joel Embiid and some of the players try to do? They tried to go to California and speak to you and like, look, let's just hash it out behind closed doors. You didn't want to do that. But now you want to speak to the team and say, you know what? Mentally, I'm not in it. Then why you came back? If you're not here mentally, why you came? Oh, I know why you came. Because the team is holding the $8 million that you was banking on, that you was hoping we would have just gave you. So now mm -hmm. that you know you ain't got that $8 million, now coincidentally, you want to be in Philadelphia. I'm not buying yeah, the bullshit. Why, that's why he tried to go with the injury thing first. You know what I'm saying? That's why he tried to say his back hurt. <laughs> you know? And then that didn't work. He was like, shit, now what? I can't make it physical. I got to make it mental. You know? No respect, man. Yeah, I, I'm not no buying the bullshit from, from Ben. Um, did did you get a chance to see what Daryl Morey said? He said this thing might drag out for four years. Yeah, I saw that. That's just, that's just him talking. He, he ain't going to dig in for four years on that. But, I, but he ain't going to take no trash uh proposal from nobody either. I believe right. that for sure. But he ain't gonna let it go. He ain't gonna let it drag out four years. But he he's not gonna just be giving them up for a bunch of role players. He's already he's already let that be known. Which yeah. is hilarious because Portland I know offered a package including CJ McCollum is like the the key piece of the of the puzzle. And uh <laughs> CJ McCollum think he's so sweet. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it was just so funny to me because he thinks he's sweet. He thinks he Brad Bill, but you know what I'm saying? You at the end of the day, other GMs are looking at you as a role player, bro. Yeah. But yeah, they offered um him, a couple other guys, and some picks. Nothing, nothing major. But the way Daryl Morey sees it, all right, Portland, you want you want Ben? You're gonna have to send me Dane. 
Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's how, right, he, that's how right. he's coming. That's where the convo starts. And, and listen, if, if CJ McCollum was, was Brad Bill, then Dame Lillard would have to be averaging 35 a night in the playoffs every night. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, if he, if he was on that level, Dame wouldn't have to give you 35 just to keep you in every game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Daryl Morey's trying to force Rich Paul's hand here. I think he's trying to explain to him, look, if your guy doesn't oh. come in and produce, we can't make the trade. So he needs to get his shit together, come in, produce, and then we can make the trade. And then everybody's happy. But as long as he, as long as he keeps dragging this thing out, then all we can do is drag it out too. But to, to, to kind of go back a minute when you just brought up Rich and them, um, on, on Ben, when you say why, 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 why does he feel the way he does, it, it goes back to the last to our last show. This quote unquote player empowerment is not that it's player entitlement. This and in this whole situation is the it's the exact thing that we were talking about two weeks ago when we talked about how rich is. Well, I'm gonna put it on you because I said. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, I don't want no darts coming at you from people. No, nah, no. Nah, we agree. We agreed on that, though. Okay. Rich is trying to – he's veiling it as player empowerment, but it's player entitlement. And, and this Ben Simmons thing, with Rich being the orchestrator and the one pulling the strings, he's the puppet master. It's the same – this is exactly – is it not exactly what we were talking about two weeks ago, bro? Absolutely. Right on the money. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's rich and clutch again, trying to do things, quote unquote, their way and just fumbling, fumbling it all the way, all the way down the line. You're, you're not helping your players, man. You're not helping them. You're, at the end of the day, it's going to be a point where LeBron can't play no more. And then how much power is he going to really have? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot of agents in the, in the NBA that do not like the way you're doing things. And it, it and it's working right now because LeBron's still in the league. But once he's out, it's going it's it's gonna be like mob shit. You know what I'm saying? Once once the once the dawn falls, it's gonna go back. To, it's you know what I'm saying? You think you think everybody else ain't already having side meetings about how they're gonna take you down when the dawn falls? They already they already having that discussion. Oh, you know. They already you having know. that discussion. You, you know what I'm saying? So then and then what? And then what for your clients? And then by then they're gonna the league is gonna have a stranglehold on the union ain't gonna be as strong because then you got guys like Chris Paul and the dudes that have been really fighting for the, like they aging out. So who you leaving? Who are you leaving? Who are you leaving these responsibilities to? These entitled soft dudes. You know what I'm saying? What what battles do they know how to fight? There's something to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, you now you're right. It's a slippery slope. We talked about it two weeks ago. And listen, Rich Paul, right now, you you at the top of the game. Like you said, you got LeBron. You got the big joker right now. You know what I'm saying? And and you yeah. know you got the big joker. But don't fuck around and overplay this hand um, because just to use a cross analogy, you can fuck around and be Dame Dash real quick if Jay-Z step away Hell from you. Yeah. So when, when Braun ain't on the court no more and that's you ain't great, got that big that's joker. That's a great analogy right there. You ain't got that big joker no more. You running around wondering why people treating you different. Yeah. So Rich needs to be careful. Um, before we transition, because we got a lot of NFL to get into too, man. Um, I know you're excited about your Wiz. Good win opening night for you guys. Some of the new pieces came in and contributed right away, specifically Montrez Harrell. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, going into this season, and you can include the Wiz if you want, give me a surprise team. Give me a team no one's talking about that you expect to, to take a step up 
and potentially be a playoff team this year? Um, I'm not even going to throw the wins in there. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, they were a playoff team last year, you know? Very true. Really, when it comes to like a team that wasn't a playoff team that could be now, I don't really see anybody stepping up. But what I do see is a team that was a playoff team being in the uh, finals of their conference. And I pumped them last year, and I'm, I'm going right back to it. It's the Denver Nuggets, man. The Joker and them Nuggets. I really, and with the emergence of my young boy, uh, Michael Porter Jr., who I think is a, a star. I think he's going to be a star. I think they'll do enough to coast through the uh, regular season to give let Jamal Murray come back whenever he's ready. And then when you insert a Jamal Murray into that team, and and what's what makes it what makes it not like he's not going to have to work his way back into the to the program and where they have to get acclimated to his style of play because of the way that they play. Right. You see what I'm saying? They they play their their style of play is based off ball mo uh, uh, ball movement. Uh, spacing and and the Joker playing everything from the high post, which is I mean, it's when you got a guy of his skill set that can set every, that can set the table from the high post, it makes it that much easier for everybody else. All you have to do is be where you're supposed to be, move where you're supposed to move, just play basketball the way it's supposed to be played. And then when you insert a guy like Jamal Murray, who with his skill set that can he can do it all, he can pick and pop. He can create his own shot, and he can get to the rim. So when you when you add a guy like him back into the mix, it only takes them to the next level. I think I really think people need to stop sleeping on these Nuggets, man. And without without some more bad luck, because they that's what they they, they just they just keep having bad luck. Like if if Murray doesn't get hurt, man, I I mean I think that's a better basketball team than the Suns. That's just me. I agree. Then, I no, I agree with you there because I I had them. I liked them in that series, uh, but then obviously Michael Porter Jr. gets hurt as well. So they were already yeah. short Murray, and then they lose Michael Porter Jr. I liked them in that series. I do like them a lot. Um, if I remember hearing it correctly the other night, they said he he could be back, in, and I'm talking about Jamal Murray, by April. So it, he'll pretty much get a month and a half to work himself into game shape to be ready for the playoffs because they're going to be a playoff team. And if they're fully healthy, they are a legitimate threat to come out of the West. Um Let's let's get into that as a West as a whole as well because I want to get your bold prediction. My bold prediction is we're not getting Brooklyn, LA in the finals. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. We're not we're not getting the Lakers in the finals. That's my bold prediction. I'm I'm standing on that. I just don't see how this is going to work. I've been critical of it from the beginning. Watching it the other night just reminded me of that again. It's not going to work over the course of a season and specifically the playoffs. What are your thoughts? I know you put it in the group chat as well. I'm going to jump on that and kind of double down. Like, I don't think the Lakers are making – I think the Nets are, but I don't think the Lakers are making the finals. But I think the team out of the West – and this is, you know, even with all, with all my love for Denver, I think the team to come out of the West is going to come from California. But they're not going to be wearing purple. Well, Kawhi, so they're going to be the Kings and then they're going to be the Lakers. It's about Kawhi. For the late for the clips, it's about Kawhi. But I, I do love the balance. I mean, we saw them play last night. They hung tough with the Warriors without their best player. 
They they got a lot of talent, but can Kawhi come back and lead them? That's a big that's a big issue. But what I what I do like is, and I gotta give him his props after all these years of me clowning him. But Ty Lue knows how to coach. You know what I'm saying? So so with Ty Lue, I need um PG to to step up and be that mature leader of a basketball team. But something about I, I feel like the Warriors are a team you might not want to sleep on, man. Something something about this these Warriors that with the way the games play right now and the in the mix that they have of young guys and old guys, I love that they brought Iggy back. Not that he's gonna give you, you know, crazy numbers throughout the season, but I I love his his leadership coming back into the locker room. And then you got a nice mix of young guys too. And with Steph, if you can get Clay back in there at some point, knocking down those Jay, some don't sleep on the sun. I mean on the uh, Warriors. Not, I mean, the Warriors, I, I like what they're doing. Like you said, Iggy is a guy you can trust. 15, maybe maybe 20 minutes, but mainly 15 minutes a night. You ain't got to worry about Iggy. He knows what he's doing. They're going to get Clay back. But those young guys, there could be a move to be made there as well. They could make the move for another piece that could really put them in title contention. Um, I just, I mean, in terms of the West, I think it's wide open. I, The Lakers are the favorite on paper. I just don't like what I see from them, to be honest. And I don't know if Frank Vogel is going to be able to figure out what to do with this team. Um, again, shout out to Gilbert Arenas. I fuck with Gil. But he said one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. He talked about they should play a five of DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, Melo, and LeBron. I'm like, unless you're what? trying to get, I'm like, unless, <laughs> un, unless you're trying to give up 200 points, I don't know why the hell you would play them five guys together. But that's, yeah, no, nah, he said that it, you get upset is out there. The audio is out there. But that, wow. that speaks to the point that the roster is so flawed that they're going to have trouble just finding five guys they trust to be on a court together. That's how flawed the roster is. And the young legs that they were supposed to have Horton Tucker and Trevor Reza, both them guys are hurt already. So if those are supposed to be your young legs and they hurt, I would hate to see what Melo's going to look like by the end of the season. What Russ and what what all them guys gonna look like by the end? See, I just don't see it with the Lakers, man. I don't either. I mean, and then like I didn't watch them. I didn't watch any preseason basketball at all. I, I never do. So I'm watching the opening night, and whenever I seen all these guys on the floor together in, in in the in the purple and gold, I was like, damn. I mean, you know what I'm saying? At at one point, this would have been it. It was like the the monsters. You know what I'm saying? At one point, this is the Monstars, but now it's like, you know what I mean? It's everybody's a few years removed from, from that level. And and I'm not sure how all these pieces fit together. Um and this is this is what I'm gonna hate here in the, at, at the end of the season. We're gonna be talking about the Lakers in the damn final somehow. Cause you know what I'm saying? Nah, I don't I don't think so, man. <laughs> I, I really I don't, don't look, I don't I'm not predicting that, but somehow, some way, why it's gonna be some bullshit. That happens that the league is going to not – they're not going to allow LeBron to not take this team to the finals. You know, when I, when I say they won't make the finals, I don't think they're a first-round exit either. But just looking at them, like they were trying the other night. They were trying. Like, don't get it twisted. I know it's opening night. Oh, we trying to fill things out. Nah, they wanted to try to put on a show and, like, make it seem like, look, look Russ was minus 23 the other night. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Russ is out there shooting three or 14. 
And and then you had LeBron already having to give him words of encouragement to the he's and right. Why are you even telling the media that LeBron that you told him he needs to go home and watch a comedy movie or something so he's not so down and on himself? You and I why spoke you putting about that out there. We talked about this and you you threw it out there. You said you wouldn't be surprised if Russ don't even get through the whole season with them. Because yeah. <laughs> Russ's personality and Braun's personality do not mesh well. That's the thing. Like you can say what all you want about Russ with the way he dresses and all that other stuff, but he ain't yes. no bitch. Nah, he ain't no <laughs> bitch, but he was he was wild another night with that outfit. Oh, he was wild oh yeah. With that. Oh, I got I got on him. Don't <laughs> he was wild with that. My guy, but yeah. I got on him. Like yeah, he, he might wilder. dress like a bitch, but he ain't no <laughs> <laughs> He might dress like a bitch, but we ain't gonna call him a bitch no to his bitch. face. We ain't gonna call him no yeah, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> but and and that's the thing, like aside from basketball. The tactics, the, the LeBron James tactics, man. I mean, you when you sign up for when you sign up for basketball with LeBron, you signing up, you giving up a lot of yourself um, on you know as, as far as what you can do, and as far as probably what you what you, your mindset on things. And shout out to Kyrie, he's like, nah, bro. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. Shout out to Kyrie, especially with his with his self and his all his independent thinking. He he wasn't he wasn't signing up for that uh for that LeBron stuff at all. That's that's why he bounced the first chance he got. Well, like I said, we're gonna have to keep an eye on some of these things in the NBA. Let's get over <laughs> to, to, to some NFL talk because we are in week seven. Everybody wants to hit a 401k pick of the week. They want to know about the upset pick. We also right around a midseason point, not quite, but we're close enough where we can legitimately say who we think is front runner for MVP. But we got to start with your team. Let's get into the Washington football team. All right. They were at the center of this email scandal that ultimately got John Gruden fired. I mean, y'all been in the middle of a lot of scandals. More importantly, <laughs> uh, on the field, it is not translating well at all. Bottom five in the majority of the uh, statistical categories defensively. Going up against Green Bay, coming off two back-to-back tough losses. Where where do we stand with this organization? Well, I got I got to tap in with you. You know the pulse of the organization. What is really going on going into week seven? Look, man, it's it's all bad. It's all bad. Like, and you know how we don't have a name yet? Or I think we do, they just haven't announced it yet. But you might want to throw Washington scandals back. I mean, you know, you might want to throw that in in the race, you know what I'm saying? The Washington scandals. That's the most fitting name for this organization because that's all that they are a part of. For the last, the scandals, I'd say for the last 15 years, but just a horrible product for the last 30 years, man. It's getting to the point where, and, and the fan base is lost. Like when you look at every game that in, in Landover, it's half the other team's fans at least. It's no home field advantage for the team at all. And the results on the field don't warrant anything different. You know what I mean? Um, this is supposed to be a new a new day for, for uh, Daniel Snyder with hiring Ron Rivera and let him run everything. I mean, Ron Rivera is kind of like the CEO of, of the Washington football team. He, he does everything. He has full control over the roster over the staff, like, he, he he does it all. But when I look at it now, I'm like, 
should he have all this control? Like, who who really is Ron Rivera? You look at his track record in uh, Carolina, he never had back-to-back winning seasons. He only had three winning seasons the whole time he was there. Now, one of them was a 15-1 season when you had Cam Newton playing at an MVP level, the position the way we'd never seen him be played before. So you did have that going for you. I mean, that was when you when you went to Carolina, that was your number your first draft. He was your number one pick. He came out the first week through three full touchdowns. You know, like you came in with a monster. With you came in with a you came in with the big joker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then that big joke was Cam Newton. And you still didn't couldn't put back to back winning seasons together with with a talent like Cam Newton, with uh guys like Steve Smith coming through that organization, with uh guys on the defense like Luke Keekley and uh and uh I forget Tom the other Davis. linebacker. Tom yeah, Davis and guys yeah. like that, man. I mean he had with, Julius Peppers you know, for man. a little bit. Peppers, yeah, you had difference makers on both sides of the ball and and, and you couldn't put, put two winning seasons together back to back years. So what really should I expect you to do in a complete rebuild situation? When, like when you started with Carolina, you had Cam, number one pick. When you started with us, you were handed, you were force-fed Dwayne Haskins, who wasn't even a football pick. He was the owner's pick the year before. Then you luck box into winning the division, the worst division in probably in the history of football, with seven wins. You win the division. Quote-unquote, win the division. So, as a as a as somebody that analyzes your own football team, did you really think that this was you? Even, you even saw the team one or two ways. You even saw them as a team that really was a NFL division winning team that was just right there on the next step of becoming a Super Bowl contender, or you really saw it as what what you were as a seven win team in the worst division in football when you only win the division by one game over the Giants. When you face quarterbacks like Ben DiNucci and uh, you know what I'm saying, and to get to those seven wins, so which, is it safe to say the is it safe to say the Ben DiNucci era that's over, right? We, yeah, that's <laughs> all, you know what I'm saying. So, which team did you think you were, Ron? So, I already know the answer. I'm this is that's a rhetorical question because I know what team you thought you were, but by the way you handled your offseason, that your the way you handled your offseason was the tale. You signed a quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick that's the definition of journeyman to a $10 million deal for this season. Why are you bringing in a veteran journeyman quarterback to a $10 million deal unless you feel like you're that guy away? Well, his ego got in the way. His, his ego has sabotaged this whole situation because, and you know better than I do, you've been following the team for, for much longer than I have, but Last year, they had hit a crossroads with Dwayne Haskins, right? They were struggling out the gate. And then for some odd reason, they activate and make Alex Smith the starter. And 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 the message that Ron was putting out there to the media was like, this division is still up for grabs. There's an opportunity for us to go get this. And to me, that was his ego wanting to show that, yeah, I was fired from Carolina, but I can still win some ball games. And in turn, again, you set... You set the wrong example, I think, for the direction of the organization. You and I have talked about this. They went all in to win a division with seven games 
knowing that there were a lot of holes in this roster, that 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 pick where they could have picked and where they ended up picking really turns into what this season turns into now because they missed an opportunity to really get the franchise quarterback. Instead, like you said, you overpay for Ryan Fitzpatrick now. Now Fitzpatrick's not playing. Tyler Heineke, I know some ain't going to like me saying this. I remember a certain individual in the For the Love of the Game group chat who said, once give it about four games, and once the book is out on Tyler Heineke, you're going to see him struggle. And then there were people who said to this particular individual, when did this group chat turn into hot takes? Remember that, Will? <laughs> when did it turn into yeah. hot takes? Yeah, that was supposed so, to be a hot take. That's right. right. So, yeah. so now yeah. here we are. Here we are a month later. You were absolutely right. I mean, you were right a couple weeks ago because the book was already out and we saw it then. The, the football team, really, realistically, the football team could have no wins right now. It took an offsides against the Giants and it took a collapse by the Falcons. Other than those two games... What other game has the football team been in position to win? None of them. And that's the thing. And like you said, that offsides, had they not called it, nobody would have been mad. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was like, nobody would have been like, man, that was offsides. It was that that close to, I mean, I, didn't, I, I still don't think it's really offsides. And look at all, all the other games. We're not in them. I mean, we're not a competitive football team at any level. Winning the division last year, set the rebuild back it really I did it, i think it set it back two years easily it set it back because now they gave them false hope and you're supposed to be football guys you're supposed to know you're supposed to be better than the fan base but you re, you reacted like the fan base yep you know what i mean is i just don't see i just don't see the error the air the arrow going up for watching the football team i see it going down i see it trending down fast you got green bay this week um in Lambeau. Whew, that's gonna be a tall task. You you just fired the, the one thing I did like that Ron finally did was he got the, the kicker up out of there, Dustin Hopkins. He should have been gone a long time ago. And I feel like he's kind of more of like a sacrificial lamb. He had to put somebody on the chopping block to to let the team know that some things gonna have to change. But so I do kind of like that, but then you replace him with a guy that hasn't kicked since 2016 when he kicked in college. That's the last time he kicked in any football setting was 2016. He's never kicked in an NFL game, and his last name is Blewett. I think I think we'll set the over-under on missed kicks at two. Um, <laughs> because yeah, I, I just – see, those are the type of moves I don't understand – Another guy we really haven't spoken about, but he's kind of gotten let off the hook because of other things that are going on. Curtis Samuel, who was the other big free agent signing, hasn't touched the field yet. And he got paid. No, he he touched the field. That's all he did. He touched it. Like he <laughs> he, he went, went down out, and picked up some grass. He went it up. Out and he like he picked up the grass and like he tasted. You know, you remember dude taste the grass. Went, mm. <laughs> that's about what he. That's about that's been his impact on the field so far. He's run about. Total this season, he's run about eight routes. <laughs> That's it. And he's making, I forget how much. He was a big money signing. Oh, a horrible signing. A hor- yes. but, oh, but where did he play before? Carolina. Where did Ron come from? Carolina. And then the funny thing is, he didn't have a good year until last year. 
And he was, guess yeah, who was he, not the coach? Guess who was not the coach for Carolina he, when he well, had a good year? That should have been the first red flag, right? So he had a career <laughs> year. He had a career year going into his contract year. And Matt Rule had no concerns about resigning him. Nope. Matt Rule said, nah, we got DJ Moore. We got Robbie Anderson. We'll figure it out. And just and let Robbie him walk. Robbie Anderson has done nothing for them this year. Robbie hasn't, but DJ Moore is turning into a stud. And he is hurt. <laughs> right. He's turned into a stud. And now, again, Matt Rule and those guys look like geniuses because they they already knew the temperature with Curtis Samuel. This is might be a flash in the pan with him. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's a lot of red flags in an unfortunate situation with the football team. They had an opportunity to turn this thing around. It's, it's going to be a bad season. I think this leads to at least two more bad seasons with them. The worst part about it, too, is, as you said, the fans aren't even turning out. You know, yeah. when they played the Saints a couple of weeks ago, Maybe more, but I think forty percent of the fans in attendance were Saints fans. Yeah, and, and let's not talk about let's not talk about Deshaun Taylor. Uh, well, oh my goodness, the 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 debacle that was supposed to be a Jersey retirement ceremony. So look, you want to know how long the Jersey retirement ceremony was? It wasn't even a full halftime. Two minutes and six seconds, Bruh. Now. You can go on YouTube. I anybody that's listening to this, go on YouTube and search up when Brian Dawkins of the Philadelphia Eagles got his jersey retired. They did a whole video montage, a yeah. light show, fireworks. I mean, it was they did it the way you're supposed to do it. What the- with us, with the way they did Sean was like a high school senior night. It was I thought it was worse than that. It was the whole I mean, yeah, thing- it was the whole thing was poorly managed. I mean, they had the VIPs standing on the logo and the number of Sean Taylor, um, which led the people like criticizing Patrick Mahomes' brother. But that's where they put the VIPs. That's like, where, where was he, put them. Yep. Where that's was he supposed to stand? You put me over here. You put the family in front of a row of porta potties for the for the photo ops. Daniel Snyder had a hoodie on. Uh, a a two size too big hoodie on. And some uh burlap sack pants. I don't know what was dog. It was so man, so, so you tell him your man went by Ross real quick to get an outfit. No, he <laughs> no, nah, he he went by one of them one of them homeless people that's all around the stadium and was like, Hey, let's trade real quick and and, and swapped out gear. That's what it looked I like. Give you, I give you 10 for them pants. I give you 10 for them he pants is. right there. <laughs> No, nah, he and probably then, didn't give no money. He was, he was handing them some like like a sandwich from from the last oh, game. It wasn't from the, from that day. It was for the leftover leftover sandwich from last the last home game. A, a half eaten turkey was sandwich. Bad, the whole thing was just bad, man. The whole look, and this is the kind of thing. Like for me, I've already been emotionally out on the team. Like I still follow them super super heavy. Because that's you know that's my that's that's still my team, but emotionally, I've been so out on them. And then when you, the one thing that we had as a fan base, letting go of all the Super Bowls from thirty years ago, with Sean's legacy and memory, and then you took a piss on it with the whole you like you you didn't announce that it was that you were even having retiring this jersey till three days before the day. So you didn't allow people like myself to to take the take advantage to get to that. Like 
Like, if I had known that last, like, all offseason, like, if you knew what game Sean Taylor's jersey was going to be retired, I might have been down there for that. You know what I'm saying? That's how you're supposed that's, to do it. I mean, that's how, yeah, that's how happy it is. The, Man, I, I probably would have been there for all I would have tried to find a way. The Giants. And, I, and, and the fan base for damn sure wouldn't have allowed it to be 60% Chiefs fans right. in the building. Right. I mean, the, the Giants are retiring Strahan's number next month. That news was put out the moment that the schedules went out back in July. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how you do it. You let you that's give the fans, and it should be printed on the ticket for that right, game. You know right. what I'm saying? You, you give the fans more than enough notice to be there, and like you said, plan it the right way. Not hey, on Wednesday morning. You know what we should do? We should we should retire Sean's number this weekend. And it was alumni weekend, so so he had to share it with all. It was it wasn't like it was just his day, right? And it it was it was it was a low budget high school senior night where you walk out to half court with your mom and, and, flowers, and you, and, and you give her the flowers. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Two minutes and six seconds. What else is it? That's what you did. That's you you lock, you walked the whole family out to ha- to to uh in front of the porter parties and, and handed them a jersey and then walked them off. That's what you did, man. And like I feel like that was the last like Man, I'm so close to to turning in my fandom. Like that felt like the very last straw. I'm 42, man. I ain't out here to be rooting for this. Team. I've been rooting for this team since I was born. I'm third generation Washington fan, but I'm I'm a grown ass man, bro. And they ain't done shit for 30 years. I'm 42. How much long? Remember the remember the LeBron uh. <laughs> The, the video. Oh, I'm 36. <laughs> the video, the Supreme shout out to Supreme Dreams. Oh, I'm 36. Yeah, bro, I'm 42, man. How much oh. longer am I supposed to take this bullshit from a team that don't they don't give a shit about us? So why should nah. I give a shit about them? I, I know how you I'm, feel. I've I've had them. I'm very close to turning. I'm very close to to. I'm very close to 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 letting go, man. They got to move on from Daniel Snyder. We've talked about it before. And that's it's, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, so, let's see what this so investigation go. brings. Maybe this investigation brings something to the table that's enough to force him out. Only time will tell. Um, and, let's and, keep... and, and, then, and then it's bad on me because the only reason I'm really sticking around right now, and I'm going to leave it at this, is because I want to see what the new name is. I'm like, <laughs> man, if it's Red Wolves, that's, that might be kind of sick. You know what I'm saying? And, and then, uh, then I look at myself, I'm like, see, that, see, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. This is Thank why... You. They keep pulling you back keep, in. Keep pulling me back, man. There you I'm go. leaving it at that. Um, week seven of the NFL, before we get to the upset picks and the 401k pick of the week, give me your leading candidate for MVP right now. To me, I think it's Kyler Murray, but you might disagree. Let me know what you got. I'm right there with you. It's got to be Kyler. And not only because of the way he's performed and the team has performed, but because I didn't see it coming. I agree. I Remember, yeah. I had... When we did first coach fired this year, I thought Cliff Kinsbury would be yes. one of those guys. I had that's him on right. there. You did. That's right. You, that's right. Damn. I, I for, shout out to you for even bringing that up. I forgot. I, I forgot. You had, I was you way had off. out of there. I yeah, was way yeah. off. It happens. It happens. But shout out to Kyler, man. I mean, I when he came out of school, I didn't see. I didn't see this happening. I didn't either. And that's what's crazy. Is like, I'm be honest. So, the way we looked at football is not 
It's not what football is anymore. No, but I'm gonna be honest. We 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 can look it up because I I know you and I had dialogue about it in the group chat when he came out. I was other thinking that he should have went and played baseball. Yeah. I really thought go play baseball, bro. You a little dude trying to play quarterback. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. I I I didn't see it. I'm gonna be honest. I thought he had great talent. I just didn't know how it was going to translate because he's such a little guy. Like, once you start taking hits, how is it going? Like, prime example, Baker Mayfield's a little guy. He running around yeah. now with a torn labrum and he got a fracture in his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've seen Lamar take some hits where he, he you know, it take him a little while to get up. Mobile quarterbacks, a lot of times, unless you're big like Cam Newton, those guys don't have longevity in the game. I just didn't see it for Kyler, but he's proven me wrong. But see, now the thing is, it's like, Immobile quarterbacks are getting hurt in the pocket. You know what I mean? Look, Alex Smith's leg got disintegrated in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like when you look at all these guys, and a lot of these quarterback injuries aren't happening when they're scrambling. They happen behind, behind the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, so it's it's just the luck of the draw. You know what I mean? So you can't. But if you if you got that extra weapon in your arsenal, that way you can use those legs that can't hurt. Yes, sir. Let me get up uh, before we wrap up. What's your upset pick of the week for this week? It's going to surprise you. <laughs> Let me hear it. Let me hear it. For all the shit I done talked today. Hell nah. Hell nah. You about to... <laughs> see? 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 <laughs> Hell nah, man. We do, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to use a cross. I said I'm part of the problem. I'm going to use a cross sports analogy for you, right? Remember how the other day you was giving me a Troy shit for our Nick fandom? See, yeah, yeah. that's why we the type of fans that we are. Because we can talk all the shit, and in the moment, shit hit the fan. Like, yo, so who you taking? I got it. I, I, like, I like Washington, man. You know Going what? to the Green Bay, we Dude, do. I looked at the board. When I look at the board, it's not a lot of upsets on the board, really. I mean... It's a lot of picks. It's a week. It's a week slate of games. Very yeah, week slate. Yeah. So I was like, uh, why not us, man? I mean, we if we lose this week, oh my god, two and what seven? What what week is this? Seven. This week seven. So you'll be two and five. Two and five. Ugh. And the division division's getting away from you quick because Dallas is hot. Two and five with Denver next week, and then going into the bye, and then coming out of the bye, and it's going to Tampa. I mean, having Tampa come in with. So this is this is we getting into like must win situations. Green Bay. I mean, they got they got a lot of good names. You know, what I'm saying the quarterback position goes without saying. Uh, arguably one of the top three receivers in the game. Strong running game. But I mean they they can lay eggs. You their defense I mean, isn't that good either. Yeah. Week one seems like a long time ago, but they only put three points up on the Saints in week one. There there's that's not a that's not a team that is a well-oiled machine. Neither are we by any stretch of the imagination. But with the weirdness of football, I can see and the line was like something crazy, like eleven last time I looked. I, I checked earlier, maybe an hour before we got on. Uh, Green Bay favored by eight. Oh, it's eight now. Oh, oh, it went down. Ooh, so it's some, so it's some money been being put down on Washington. Yeah, I think. If it I think that much. Yeah, I think the public looks at it again. Green Bay's defense isn't that great. Um, I, I mean, I, I hate to put too much 
uh, stock in Washington's offense because they struggled last week against a very bad defense. But I'm thinking that it would be a Green Bay can put up points, but Washington should, should be able to hang and put up points as well. You look at Green Bay's last couple games, everyone's put up points on them. Detroit's put up points on them. The Bears have put up points on them. Obviously, the Saints did week one. Washington should at least be able to put up a 20 spot on them. So maybe they cover that way. Keep an eye on what's going on with Antonio Gibson. Last I looked, he was questionable going uh, to the game. If he does not play, I think they're going to play a little differently on offense. Uh, because then they have to turn to uh, uh, J.D. McKissick and Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson, he's that that real small guy from Buffalo. I told you to watch out for before the you know before the, all the final roster cuts. He ended up making the roster undrafted, but he's a small guy, so I'm not sure that they want to use him the same way that they did with uh with the starter. With but with, yeah, with Gibson. But if Gibson's out. I think they're going to do a lot more uh, passing out of the backfield, which to me is the way that they've always should have used Gibson, who was a receiver in college. Like they bring in J.D. McKissick for all these passing downs when your running back was a receiver in college. He he didn't play running back until now. Right. So why are you not taking advantage of that skill set? I think it'll be interesting to look at that, but I really have no other reason then besides we do, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, and I that's why you. it's called up. That's why it's called upset. I got you. Um, I'm taking the Colts getting the four points at San Fran. San Fran's banged up. The secondary's banged up. They like on their third running back. Colts are starting to get healthy. And even though we criticized Carson Wentz early in the season, Carson actually the last three weeks has played well. Um, yeah, and they starting to get a little healthy. Ty just came back as well last week. So I think the Colts go to San Fran. They get the upset there. Four one k pick of the week. I'm going to let you close it out, so I'm going to give my 401k first. I actually go got ahead. Green Bay covering against the football Ooh, team. Oh, so we're going to hit So one of us is wrong. Yeah, one of us is wrong because that's my 401k Ooh, pick of the week. I just okay. don't think y'all going to be able to hang with Green Bay. So you got them covering. I got them covering. Um, if I had to give oh, a final score. Eight. So you got them covering the eight. I, I think final score would be 30-21. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. My 401k pick of the week. Is going to be uh, the Patriots over the New York Jets. Yeah, you got the Jets. You got the Jets coming yeah, up in a. You got the Jets coming to a to a Foxborough. Bill Belichick does not lose to young quarterbacks. You saw what he did. You saw what he did to pull uh, Zach uh, early in the season. I don't see it being any better. Probably worse. Um, Patriots could use a W. I think it's a perfect recipe. Push all your chips in, all your money, all your all your kids' uh, fruit snacks and everything. Push it all in to the middle of the table and put it on the Patriots this week. Yeah, I, I had the Patriots the first time they played the Jets, so that's why I didn't take them this time. But I agree. I think they're the four one k pick of the week. And to steal something from you, Will, because you brought it up a couple weeks ago about the Bengals. Bengals are pretty sneaky. Oh, and they're oh. Going- they're going Bring to Baltimore this week. Remember, remember I told you, I said, it was something about that Packers game. You did. They went to OT, bro. Yep. They was, that was and my final thought last week, wasn't it? The, yeah. Two weeks ago, that was your final yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. And they ended and up going OT. Something about the Bengals team I like because I like when teams handle their business and they completely destroyed Detroit last week. They didn't play yeah. any games with them. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it very close and possibly beat Baltimore this week. Ooh. Ooh, that's... Mm. That is a little tasty on. right there. That Something is a little tasty. On. Will, before we wrap up, any final thoughts? Um, I got to shout out my, my Washington Wizards, man. And I put in the group chat, like, like you know, I watch every single game. And I put in the group chat my and this is this was just through the first half. Said my 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 early <laughs> over exaggerated thought of the team through one half of basketball and it continued throughout the game. They playing defense. The Washington Wizards were playing defense. The Washington Wizards were getting in passing lanes. The Washington Wizards were disrupting shooters. They were taking charges. They were playing team defense. They were getting weak side blocks. I'm not used to seeing that with this Washington Wizards team. And then on the offensive end of the, of the court, the ball was moving at least six times. Every possession, it was moving around. And it, it's early. And West Sunsell Jr. has a great reputation for teaching defense and being able to develop players um, coming from, you know, organizations like Denver and things like that. They looked very fluent on offense and defense um, on opening night. Now, like it's game one of 82, you know what I mean? But to judge the game on what it was in itself, I feel very confident that uh, this Washington Wizards team is going to be a team that you can't sleep on. I'm not going – I mean, they're not going to – they're not going to the finals or anything like that, but they're not going to be an easy out. And that's all I can ask, really, when you look at when you look at the way the team's constructed. But what I thought going into the season with these new pieces, um, they came through looking good. Kuzma looked great. Uh, Trez looked great. KCP didn't really do too much, but he was out there being active and getting the ball moving around. And uh, my guy Gafford, we talked. We talked a great deal about Gafford. He got. He ended up getting rewarded for what he did last season. Uh, got a three-year, forty million dollars extension uh, the day before the season started. Um, he was. He was looking great. He played twenty-two minutes. Was I think he had like eight points. Uh, I'm thinking like eight, eight and four, something like four blocks. You know what I mean? But he's being active. Um, no Rui. Rui was out. And so and somehow we were still able to win by double digits. Uh, you know? I, I know how much it pains you when Rui <laughs> doesn't play. I know. <laughs> but Denny, um, uh, Denny, uh, <laughs> Vita, Denny, Denny Avdia was out there uh, hooping. I, I, I thought I was going to get his name right this year. Denny Avdia. He, he was out there making a couple little plays. I like seeing him out there. It's something about Denny. I feel like, I don't know, it's something about him. I, I think. I hate- he he a hooper. He he can play ball. I think he, he's going to end up being able being a nice contributor to his team. I would have liked to see Corey Kispert, uh, the first round pick, get into the game, especially like in the points of the game when we were up twenty five. We would like to see him get out there at least work up a sweat. But he was a, a DMP coach's decision. But going through one one game, I liked seeing what my Washington Wizards uh, brought to the table. They got the Pacers tonight. We'll see if they can carry over that momentum. It's going to be tough in the East with, you know, the likes of uh, the Nets and the Bucks, um, Miami with the addition of uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, you got, got uh, you know, you got teams like Boston with uh, see what Udoka can do 
with those with that uh, group of talent that he already has there, and then your next, how your next, what are they going to learn from what uh, their playoff outing last year? Will they learn from it? Will they falter from it? This is going to be a great NBA season, and I'm 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 ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Listen, as a Knicks fan, with with all the dysfunction that's going on in Brooklyn and Philly, we already planning a parade. Um, we're, we're ready to go. You saw that the 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 way the fans reacted outside the garden just from winning opening night. So that's going to be the, that's going to be the, the mood all year. Uh, yeah. But no, but in terms of the Wiz, man, um, I think Wes has brought a different mindset. And then Gafford, who I told you about last year, and, and you've come to really like him as well. I love his energy, his athleticism. I think when you pair that with Montrez, KCP, now there's a different defensive mindset on that team now. Now you got guys that really want to get after it on a defensive end knowing what it could lead to on the offensive end. So I think you guys are trending in the right direction. I think the same thing with the Knicks. I think Tibbs is going to keep us on the same path. Obi Toppin, man. Obi, Obi looks like he's taking a jump this year. Um, I know it was one game. Really? But that's, that's that's what I, we wanted to my see. My guy, Obi trifling? Listen, <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be awkward Obi because I, they tried something the other night where they played him and Randall, and it worked a little bit. But if Obi's going to come off the bench and give you high-energy minutes, it could work because he's super athletic. He can get you eight to 10 points just off putbacks and fast breaks. He just got to learn to get out there and not wait for the offense to run through him. Um, yeah, I need to see, because uh, I was hard on him last year, you know. I, I was hard on him too, because I just didn't understand drafting him, um, knowing that him and Randall couldn't play together, you know, yeah. but Tibbs is trying to figure out a way. Opening night, by necessity, he had to do it because we were missing Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel. So we were a little thin at center and he played Randall at the five a little bit with Obi. And it worked, and and Obi gave us high energy. But overall, I, I love the team, man. I, I think going from where we were at last year as a as a sleeper and, and catching everybody by surprise to now adding some playmakers where everything doesn't have to go through Randall. I like it. We got to see what happens. You coach, you coached very well too, so you you know you're in good hands. Well, that's the difference. Coming coming from some of the other guys we've had, like Jeff Hornacek. Um, you know, we, we're in much better shape now. Damn, I forgot I forgot all about yeah. that era. Yeah. Derek Fisher. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the fish era, yeah. but the Hornacek era. I forgot all damn, he never got another shot to either. <laughs> <laughs> get him, get, get him the fuck out of there. Era. Get him out of there. Hey, shout out, hey, shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie too. I'm my new point guard. Spence? He, he's coming back off the injury. He got something to prove, man. Um yeah. Before we wrap up, though, I'm going to say We might have to do a watch party, like a, a Wiz Knicks watch party, man. Not to spring it on you, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, no, nah, we, we, we'll plan something off air because we, we still want to, again, shout out to the group chat. We want to do something special for the group chat where we're going to go on live and invite some of the members of the group chat to join the conversation. So we, yeah. we might have to plan something with a watch party as well as the, you know, engagement. Yeah, get everybody. you in there, get, 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 uh, get, Troy, get Troy Perry we, up in there. We the only Knicks fans you know in the group chat. Huh? We don't need Nick fans in the group chat, right? That's all it takes. That's all it takes, man. <laughs> it's us, us against the world, baby. Us against, us against the, the world. Yeah, y'all against us, man. Yeah, come with, but, come um, with it. Before we go, Will, we're going to see you back in two weeks. Uh, yes, happy Halloween to your kids, man. Hope they have a good time out there trick-or-treating, get a lot man. of candy. And because the month of October is wrapping up, I decided to wear pink. So shout out to all I the breast cancer. Shout out to that. Yeah, shout out to the breast cancer survivors and all those battling breast cancer, man. For my main man, yeah. Will Gordon, I am Eric Sanchez. This was the Opinionated Ones. We out of here.